0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee?
1: And does this smell good? Wolfen, down your lunch. <laughs> serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. All of today's top sports stories in one place here with those stories. As always, Wolf is Aaron Maloney.
0: Aaron? Arizona
1: Sports. Breaking news.
2: So, according to college football insider Pete Thamel and multiple other reporters, the college football playoff board of managers... Has decided on a 12-team college football playoff during today's meeting. All right, here Whoa. we go. The presidents have unanimously approved to expand it to 12 teams.
1: Well, 12 teams. 12 is better than four in this case. We had Zoe in here yesterday, and uh, and I did make this point, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna change. I don't think you can go <laughs> past 16. Or if I am gonna change, it's not gonna be within 24 <laughs> hours but i think i think more than four it gives you an opportunity and we'll see how they execute it to actually have more than just, hey, here's three SEC teams in Ohio State every year. You know what yeah. I mean? At least more can be decided on the field. If a team rises like Cincinnati last year and they ultimately can't hang with those teams, fine. But they will lose on the field, not in some voter conference. Well, look,
0: I so agree with what you're saying right there, honestly. Um, four teams quickly became apparent that that was just not going to, suff- to suffice. They needed to do this. Eight, not enough. 12? Okay, I'm, I'm willing to accept 12 teams. I think that's a good amount if you're really going to expand the college football playoff. That's good. But it's going to go to 16, just so you know, at some point in time. I may not be around Basin Onions when they go to 16 teams, but I will tell you right now, that ultimately is coming. I believe that. This is good for college football. We're going to see some teams go out there, ball out. We'll see maybe was how many how many conference probably 10 probably 10 I, i don't know
2: Ten because conferences and a twelve-team playoff?
1: They're probably going go, to go with conference champions, correct? I would think they're going to go with with the Power Five, and then we'll see beyond that. They always find a way to.
2: They always find a way to f- like put in two to three SEC schools.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to give away too would many have automatic bids. To
0: sixteen, maybe that is because the article I was reading
1: sixteen was supposed to have ten conference champions. Exactly yeah. sixteen. Was I don't think have twelve. Yeah, I, I think right. if we look closer on twelve, it's going to be eleven SEC schools and possibly a twelfth SEC school. But hey, at least we get all. 12. Well then,
2: no. Hey, you know what? When Oregon beats Georgia tomorrow, when yeah. no, Oregon takes down Uga, yeah. we'll be right there, and we can take out Georgia in the conversation, right, guys? What's your
0: confidence level, now, yeah. what is it? Seriously, you know, everybody's I'm, listening, Mal. I'm very your confidence level.
2: Um,
1: <laughs>
2: I am confident. Okay, I think our new head coach was the defensive coordinator for Georgia. The last couple of seasons, so if there was ever a time, I think now's the time. Bo okay. Nix, let's see what you're about. Okay? Georgia,
1: Georgia doesn't seem to have like a set running back yet either, and they usually.
2: Well, who cares about a run game? How many tight ends do they have?
1: That's, that's oh, truly all that matters. I'm
2: just kidding, guys. But ASU kicked off their 2022-2023 season last night with a 40-3 victory over NAU. Here's ASU head coach Herm Edwards on his thoughts on the game. It was a game where we, we went in with the mindset of trying to run the football, and we accomplished that we missed a couple big big pass plays and then in the second half we settled for, for too many field goals now so our sanderson ford poll question is up now at arizona sports.com and it asks what was your takeaway from asu's 40 to 3 win over nau your choices i'm more optimistic let's pump the brakes until they play a better team i have more concerns than before uh, those
1: are my three options I guess they still go, let's pump the brakes until they play a better team. But but I am encouraged by the run game because I think that's going to have to be their bread and butter this season. So it's somewhere between those first two options. Not to sound like Wolf here, I'll, I'll actually pick an answer. I guess let's pump the brakes until they play a better team.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, I'll, I'll have to join you in pumping the brakes until they play another team.
2: So our audience, kind of interesting here, 71% say, I have more concerns than before. Why? 25% say, Okay, let's pump the brakes until they play a better team. And then 4% say they're more optimistic. <laughs>
1: See, th- this is the definition what? of nothing to gain, everything what? to lose when you play a smaller school. You beat them by 37 points. What are the more concerned Okay. The Maybe missed pass First quarter.
0: Maybe you know, yeah, but that's the first quarter. I mean, with Forty-three new players. I, hey, listen, I understand that. It's not how you start; it's how you finish as well. Um, I I thought they dominated the line of scrimmage, and that is the game of football. Even today, in the year twenty twenty-two of our Lord Basinonians, the game of football is about dominating the line of scrimmage. And to me, that's where this game started, and where this game was going to end. That's definitely and a huge game. To what Herm just said, Herm totally agrees. They came in, they were gonna run the ball. That's what they were gonna do.
2: And they It did. was a game where we, we went in with the mindset of trying to run the football and we accomplished that
0: dominated. Uh, 200 Ballad- day was
1: rushing. the main guy I was watching last night because he's a new running back who could be either the number 1 or, you know, 1B or whatever with with uh, Daniel Ngata. and he looked pretty good.
2: Yesterday we learned what is going on with Cardinals cornerback Antonio Hamilton after the card's placed Hamilton on the reserve non-football injury list due to a cooking accident in his home. Hamilton tweeted a photo of his injuries and wrote the following on Twitter. He said, quote, had the greatest camp of my career. And last Monday, I had an accident that could have ended up deadly for me and my family. But instead, I got the short end of it by having my feet severely burned. Second degree. It was literally a freak accident. And God spared me to only have these injuries. Now, very thankful that... He is doing okay because of the tragic passing of Jeff Gladney. I'm so glad it wasn't anything worse. So that's good news. But where do you think this Cardinals cornerback room turns now? So Hamilton will be eligible to return on October 9th when the Cards take on the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they're thin at that position. There's just no way around it. I mean, the guy that you have listed on your depth chart as one of your two starters isn't going to play the first few weeks. Well, I don't know if you know this, but DeAndre Hopkins is not playing those first 6 weeks and yeah. they happen to play three very good teams the first 3 weeks. So these first 3 weeks are going to be a true test. And, and you know, you don't I'm not expecting them to go 3 and 0 and 2 and 1 might even be tough but you just you don't want to start 0-3 and I do think they're going to surprise people in at least one of these games it's not like Vegas is like an unbeatable team but they got to survive these first really the first month and a half of the season it's going to be
0: really interesting to see how they're going to play especially on the defensive side of the ball offense of course is the strength of the Arizona Cardinals going forward and I think that offense is going to have to score a lot of points especially in those first three games to give the defense a little breathing room trying to
1: find itself, especially in the cornerback room. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you as always, Aaron. It was, I think that's the fourth breaking news we've had during Wolf and Down Your Lunch this week. Man. We had two on the same day on Wednesday. When we come back, you just heard the college football playoff is reportedly expanding. We'll get you some details next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station.
2: Wolf and Luke
1: Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right. In Case, you are just joining us. Just came down in the last, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, that the college football playoff, Wolf, is... Reportedly going to expand to 12 teams, that according to Pete Thamel. Now, we knew, we talked about this yesterday, that the uh, the college football playoff, the, that committee was going to meet virtually today. And it was they, they said there was momentum building towards expansion to either 12 or 16 teams, but it was still 50-50 that they were even going to actually put it to a vote today. Put it to the vote. It apparently is a done deal. According to Pete Thammel, it's expected to start in 2026, which is after the current contract. Okay. Now, there was talk earlier this week that if all if, if it was a unanimous vote, that they actually could could alter it before the current contract is even up because all this is going to do is make them more money anyway. Deal. Um, so 12 teams, and I don't know for sure that this is the format because the details haven't, haven't totally uh, come out yet, but in that ESPN story, Earlier this week, they talked about a the Big Ten, ACC, and pac twelves, so This is a little while ago. Had voted against a 12-team proposal that included the six highest-ranked conference champions plus the next six highest ranked teams okay so i don't know if that's the exact 12 team proposal that got through today but i gotta think it's probably something pretty close to it this
0: um this is really really exciting and then you think of the fact that supposedly it's not going to be implemented until 2026 is that right command and control 2026 that.
2: Yeah, starting by 2026.
0: Okay, there you go, right there. So It, it could it could still get done before, but, okay. it, it,
1: but it sounds like 2026 is the plan right now. Okay, um, that to me is, you know, again,
0: you've got to temper your enthusiasm here. This is a step in the right direction for college football. It is to expand the playoffs. Um, I know there are some purists. I know there are some traditionalists that are still out there that like the forward team playoff. I guarantee it, you, you played in the SEC if you liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you, you are an SEC fan if you liked it. Because you knew you were probably going to get two teams into the college football playoff. Four is not enough. It isn't, in my opinion.
1: I, I know that the pushback is always, well, you know, if, if you expand to 12, somebody's going to say the 13th team got left out. And you expand to 16, somebody's, the 17th team's going to complain. Yeah, I, I guess. But I, I used to say this with the BCS all the time, too. I have a lot more sympathy. When the third team that might be undefeated isn't getting to play, or in this case, we've seen it. We've seen four teams in the playoff, and we've seen undefeated teams not even get in. This, you expand to 12 teams, and I would assume any major college that goes undefeated is going to get a chance to put... Put it on the line. And, yeah. and that, to me, again, I don't know how many times we've had a variation of this conversation this week. That's what sports is all about. If there is a team that is 12-0, what was UCF a few years ago when they declared themselves national champions? What a dumb way to end the season. Yes. Either they get to go out there and really surprise some people and be like, yeah, you know what? We actually are national champions. Or they go out there and get embarrassed by Georgia. Whatever it is, I want to see it on the field. Yeah. I don't want to hear two people argue about
0: it. You know, I, I, that's a great point, Luke. And another, another benefit of this, and there are multiple. Oh, my goodness, the benefits are out there. It's actually going to improve the regular season for college football.
1: Yeah, now every game actually does matter. Yeah, yeah,
0: but but it does matter. But, Luke, there were a lot of times where, you know, you've got these powerhouse schools. They didn't want to play non-conference. Teams that were good. Mm-hmm. Why why do that? Why do why would we risk going outside of our conference and playing somebody else that might actually be good, might be capable of beating us when we're trying to compete for the college football playoff yeah. and four teams get in. Now twelve teams. Now all of a sudden you can start scheduling some other teams. You can do that because if you lose early on, your season isn't over. I I, th- I think that improves the regular season of college football. So
1: you don't think Alabama's going to need that tune-up game against Tennessee Chattanooga every November anymore? Yeah, I don't think that. Now,
0: listen, that first game, yeah, if I know Nick Saban, that first game, he may want that. But, again, I don't think you have to get so down into the weeds. You can say, hey, listen, we can go play. We can go play Notre Dame. We can go play a a team, Michigan. We can go play somebody in our non-conference
1: and see what happens. Yeah, but the Alabama... your season isn't over just because you lose. The Alabama thing. Okay, they start with Utah State this year. That's fine. That's a tune-up game. They, every team has one of those for the yeah, most part. right. But for me, it's We the, had Pitt.
0: That's all we did. <laughs> we tuned up with Pitt.
1: <laughs> you got tuned up by okay, Pitt. Okay, well, hey, listen. You. We saying. lost
0: the game because we couldn't catch the ball.
1: Or tackle, as you said earlier.
0: Well, I... I Didn't want to say tackle because that was
1: more fundamental. All right. Uh, Alabama this year on November 19th, November 19th, plays Austin Pay. I I don't even know what they are. Oh, they Austin play. pay. Yeah, and and that'll be the league, you're leading up to Thanksgiving, and Nick Saban's like, yeah, you know this this Austin team, they really have us worried. I mean, there's a lot of ways we could lose to them, so maybe we get rid of those games. But Austin will pay. They, they, well, actually, Apparently. Austin will get paid for being on the field with Alabama. <laughs> Austin pay us before the game. That please. is
0: a kick save by you right there.
1: Uh, I just. The reason I say every game actually will count, uh, look, I get it. I mean, there's more ar- margin for error now, like you're saying. If, if Georgia loses to Oregon tomorrow, they can still get into a 12-team playoff easily.
0: Get ready to see more of that kind of stuff early in the season. Good.
1: That's, I would rather exactly see that than, right. these, than some of these trash games. But Especially also, the
0: Pac-12. I'd love to see the Pac-12 walk over to the SEC and say, let's go. I mean, geez. you want some respect? You want to get some respect for your conference? Let's go.
1: You know the ultimate irony here, Wolf, is we finally have a format where a Pac-12 team can make the playoff, and the Pac-12 might not be a conference by 2026. Yeah. but if they stick around, all the irony <laughs> it's, of it all—it's it's still very possible. Uh, no, I just I like this on on every level. I do think there's a cap. I do think, like you said, they're probably going to go to 16 at some point. I don't think you go over that. I'm a little surprised that it it took like my entire childhood for them to go from 2 to 4. And all of a sudden now it's just, eh, 12, it's Friday, we're bored. Friday, three-day weekend, let's, let's bump it up to 12. Let's get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. basically but what I, they you did. You know what, honestly, you know. Arizona sports, breaking news. You wait till
0: I start talking to do that, don't you?
2: I think, no, I don't. I actually yes, just do. saw this. Oh. <laughs> um, the Cardinals got a contract extension done.
1: Is it Marcus Golden
2: with safety Jalen Thompson? Oh, nice. Okay, through the 2025 season.
1: Wow.
0: Okay. Wow. I would have. That was worth interrupting Wolf for. Maybe honestly, right now. Guess what? Here comes Marcus Golden. When is that going to happen? That's going to happen when? Tomorrow. The next day, now that you've got Jalen Thompson, you have that out of the... How about that, Jalen Thompson? (laughs) I'm just coming back to Jalen on this. I'm
1: pretty sure that you owe me something. We made some bet with nothing on the line of who's the next Cardinal to get paid when DJ Humphreys got paid.
0: I I believe I said Marcus, right? And I said Jalen Thompson. You said Jalen Thompson. Well, look at you right now. Boy, you bring that up. Champion your victories. I will. Champion your victories, Lou.
2: Well, if you guys remember...
0: Ignore your defeats. Oh, no. What defeats?
2: You guys had Dave Pash on... Huh? live from training camp he was also right and you guys asked him who will be the next cardinal to be signed and this was his answer
3: jalen thompson i i've had two people i'm not gonna say who i've had two people tell me they think jalen thompson has surpassed buddha and i wasn't even worried, wow that they think jalen thompson
0: Whoa. Whoa.
3: <laughs> has become i was
0: not ready for that
3: one of the best safeties in in football and that's not because boot is taken a step back. Right. It has nothing to do with booting. Yeah. It's just they think Jalen Thompson has become one of the best safeties in football. So, And this is a kid was a fifth-round pick in the supplemental draft. Uh-huh. So I would have to think that Jalen Thompson is going to be that guy because he's young and he's that good. It would be interesting to see how much he commands because, again, he doesn't have the Pro Bowls and yet and the numbers.
0: See, this is what happens when you yeah, vacation in, in Tuscany, <laughs> you vacation in Piedmont, you walk around and you're drinking a lot of borellos or whatever it is that Dave loves. This is what happens to you right here. Because that's where are all the NFL executives, that's where they go and hang out. Suddenly you get guys, Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna extend Jalen Thompson, David. Um Okay, so Dave was right and I was wrong. Is that oh, what you're Oh, hold on, saying? hold on, hold on.
1: I also was right before Dave even came into the booth oh, that wait a day. Minute, that's I right, celebrated yeah. with Dave a hey, way to join the right side. Now, this is a big week for okay, Dave, though, great. because he was also right about the five running backs. And okay. nobody was on the pass.
0: That right there, honestly. Okay, just wherever you are right now, my brothers, stop and think about this. The Arizona Cardinals kept four tight ends on their roster and five running backs.
1: <laughs> the way you said that, I just picture people driving around, pulling over to the side, just thinking about it.
0: That's nine. Ron Wolfley doing math live on the air. Think about that for a minute. What the real, is that portent?
1: The real winner here is, of course, Jalen Thompson, who both deserved to get paid and got paid. Well done, Jalen. But where you are right, Wolf, and I don't think you'll find anybody that disagrees, Marcus Golden also deserved to get paid and i have to think he's
0: next you have to um once again you sign a contract honor your contract yeah no there's i mean that's that is a that's me that's and i love marcus like like a brother um he's a dog one of my favorite cardinals and yet at the same time that's i can't help it it's how i was raised and i know it's an old school mentality and i know the the team can come to you and say... That's the problem. Yeah, they can come to you and say, hey, we're, we need you to take a pay cut. It goes two ways. I get that. For me, personally, I just couldn't do it.
1: Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Cardinals released their first depth chart of the season. So what stands out for when they take on the Kansas City Chiefs next week? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Jalen Thompson, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. They
3: think Jalen Thompson has become one of the best safeties in football. Dumps it off near side, and it's picked off at a 30 by Thompson, running it back near side, 20, 15, 10, 5, he dives for the
0: pylon. He's an silent assassin, man. He doesn't say much, but he's always kind of thirsting for knowledge since he got here. I think he is the most overlooked player on our team. Wolf and Luke.
1: Talk Cardinals. Now. it is the Wolf and Luke show on this Friday before a three day weekend and uh, Wolf it really does does feel like the calm before the storm now because you don't have that fourth preseason game it's like a little bye week look even the music got quiet yeah no know, exactly. the it's show. very yeah, good yeah. and then all of a sudden just craziness when we come back yeah pot it down right there yeah you know
0: what i'm looking forward to it i love it this is one of my favorite weekends of the year the labor day weekend of course a three-day we all are fired up most of us at least about that but for me when we come back on tuesday it's gonna be go time football And I love that. We'll be out at Cardinals, sounds like, on Tuesday. It's going to be, yeah, we're going to be out at the Arizona Cardinals facility, of course. We'll be out there on Tuesday. And for me, it is the beginning of. Of the NFL season. Oh, you know we're going to have Cliff
1: on too on Tuesday. We'll be out there that? with Cliff. Right there on Here we go. All right. So start it up for the twenty twenty two season. Uh, okay. The depth chart came out for this uh, this first week of the season, and this is now your team. You got your fifty three man roster. They move things around. I know. there's you are always going to be cautioned not to read too much into the depth chart, but Wolf, I also know you are going to read something into this depth chart.
0: Yeah. You know. Honestly, the the first thing, and, and if I do. Did not say this. I, I would be lying, ladies and gentlemen. The first thing that jumps off the depth chart to me is the fact you've got five running backs on this team. <laughs> five.
1: They need a second line. Like I printed it out, they need a second exactly line for running right. backs. In a one-back
0: offense, Bazin needs a one-back offense, the Arizona Cardinals are not a two-back. They don't have a fullback. They don't have a H-back. They don't have... In a one-back offense, you've got five deep can you, can you name another position on the team that has five deep? No. <laughs> no
1: I was trying to think of another team you that can't. has
0: five running backs. So five deep right there at running back, and then you have four tight ends as well. Now listen, um, Max Williams, I'm wondering about Max Williams. I'm wondering about, okay, you got him in the 53. You kept four tight ends because they signed back Steven Anderson.
1: He is listed. Max is listed second.
0: He's Absolutely. And there's Max Williams. He's there. Uh, Is there a possibility that he could be IR'd now that he's passed and made the 53? Yes, I think that is a possibility. Will it happen? I do not know. But as it stands right now, they have four tight ends on their roster. Mm four on the 53 man roster and they have Psycho on the practice squad too. And they got Psycho on the practice squad. Four tight ends and five running backs. What does that sound like to you, my brothers? It's 50 <laughs>
1: personnel. <laughs> 41. Four, that, four backs, one tight end, no receivers.
0: That sounds like the run raid
1: and not the air raid.
0: I'm just saying. Now there's some, you know, Zach Ertz. He's banged up. We know that, but I think we all plan on seeing Zach Ertz in Week One. Correct? I do. Aren't we all thinking that right now? Even though Cliff says, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be close. What, what happened? <laughs> what, what is going There's So many guys. That Cliff Kingsbury has identified as, you know, what they might be a game time decision. Hey, eh? you don't know what's going to happen.
1: If I look up and down, and I want to make sure that the depth chart I'm looking at here is is totally accurate, but just some of the names, okay? Because some of these names, it, there's a lot of variations of the depth chart out there. We're looking at the real one. But as far as injuries or guys that might not be available for week one, okay? You got DeAndre Hopkins suspended. You've got Rondale Moore, who's list is questionable right now. This is not an official injury report yet, but you know he's dealing with something. Antoine Wesley is dealing with something. Zach Ertz is dealing with something. Rodney Hudson is dealing with something. Max Williams. This is just the offense. Wolf, they haven't even played a game yet. And on defense, uh, obviously, Antonio Hamilton, we know he's not going to be back. J.J. Watt is technically has a Q next to his name, and he's going to be, I would assume, fine for week one.
0: Yeah, but once again, there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at, and they have the Q next to their name. You yeah. just mention them, Especially like half thinking, the roster, and I'm thinking the same thing. They're going to be fine. Of course, they're going to play, right? They're going to... Zach Ertz, he's, he's going to be
1: fine. Most of are, them. Are Justin would Pugh, what, what yeah, are you Yeah, Pugh doing? doesn't even have anything next to his name, and oh, he's been boy, one of well, the biggest ones. is. He's been cleared. Obviously. <laughs> he's been cleared by this website I'm looking at right now.
0: Justin Pugh, um, boy, next time I say, and Justin, if you're listening right now, just get ready. I'm going to rip you, okay? I'm going to rip you, because if you're telling me right now, oh, I, I got a pinched nerve, right? If that's what it is right right there and you're not playing dude you know i'm ripping you
1: Uh, (laughs) i'm distracted by somebody in the tennis that's on these tvs somebody named paul is playing somebody named rudd which would be paul rudd that's what keeps flashing up on the screen that's throwing me off Um, you don't know who paul rudd is no i have no idea you don't
0: know who paul rudd is paul rudd (laughs) all right okay i want to go back to control do you know paul rudd is you know paul paul rudd you know who Paul. Yes, Rudd- I know who Paul oh, okay, Rudd is. Good.
1: That's just because Maloney lives on Earth. That's okay, the only reason why she it. knows who he is. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, now, I'm, now
0: I'm truly embarrassed. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I, Look, I love. I how- don't know who Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> what, Jim? What are you doing? Yeah, you're, you're over there laughing. You know who Paul Rudd is. Yeah, we're best friends. Actually, I'm
3: texting <laughs> him right now.
1: <laughs> Everybody knows Paul. Rudd He's a big fan. Wolf. I think he's upset. Yeah. Stop it. Well, he's uh, probably tweeting right now. Okay. He's going to Instagram a story out about All how right, sad he is. Okay, go ahead. um to be fair to Justin Pugh, they said he had to see a specialist, didn't they? I mean, I'm not saying he's not playing week one, but wasn't that report out there that, you know, for a while there, the, are you Googling Pro Paul Football Rudd?
2: Talk reported that Justin Pugh was seeing a specialist for a stinger. Okay. Yes, yeah. correct. Thank you, Aaron. But what was weird is that was the headline, but then you click on the story, and then it just says that Justin Pugh was getting evaluated for a stinger. Yeah. So, Wolf, yeah. my question was... It's nerve. Yeah. Yes, but sir. my question was... If he's seeing a specialist, that's that means he's seeking maybe a second opinion outside the organization, or could there be a stinger specialist within the organization yeah, and it's not that big of a deal?
0: Yes, to your question. It could be either or, Mel, in that situation. So I really don't have any of that in front of me. I just thought this was a way to sit down a lot of these guys and get them healthy, get them 100% ready to go week one. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. I'm not it, concerned it probably, about it probably at is. all. Now there may be some guys where, yeah, you know what, this is a little dicey here. I, I you know, whomever that may be, I do not know. Maybe there are some guys that they are really thinking, man, you know, it's going to be tight as to whether or not he can go against Kansas City. Um, but right now, I'm just making the assumption this is just gamesmanship for the most part with the Cardinals trying to make the Kansas City Chiefs think. Hey, you know what? You may,
1: you may not be seeing Zach Ertz. You only have 15 guys. You're preparing for him all
0: this time, and you're not going to see him. (laughs) How do you feel about that,
1: Andy? And then my follow-up question, to Maloney's question, would just be, how do you not know who Paul Rudd is? But we can. I just
2: looked up his IMDb. Yeah, 128 credits.
1: (laughs) He's Uh, literally in every movie. Okay, listen. Now that I see his face, I know who he is. Okay, all right. You know by face, not by name. (laughs) The, sim- the simple fact you had to Google Paul Rudd just just makes me feel like a winner today.
0: You know, I don't sit there and watch entertainment tonight every <laughs> night like you
1: guys do. <laughs> Nobody watches entertainment tonight on this show.
2: We know you are a big Mario Lopez fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> More on that next. All right, we come back. Mikkel Bridges has discussed his name being in trade rumors this offseason. How is he handling it? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Still have that? Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we're going to switch gears over to basketball here for a little bit. Just kind of reset that story that is sits out there on our website. Gambo had it yesterday that uh, the Phoenix Suns are interested in Utah's Boyan Bogdanovich. Obviously, Utah is pretty much selling parts at this point. They've traded away Rudy Gobert for (laughs) way too much. And then that Minnesota trade probably messed up the market for a lot of other trades. And then they made a more realistic trade when they sent Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland yesterday. So they are in full-blown rebuild mode. And Wolf, I will say this again, they are the cautionary tale in the Western Conference. A team that had the best record in basketball in 2021. And they are completely tearing it all down and it's only 2022 Yeah, here
0: it comes the rebuild what do they need when you talk about a rebuild what do the utah jazz need maybe some draft picks right yeah they got some young players of course they want some draft picks that's exactly what the Suns could provide them with Because the Suns right now, they're in win-now mode. They don't need the draft picks, as we all know.
1: No, and and so Gambo had the uh, the story yesterday that they have reached out to Utah about Boyan Bogdanovich, a career, nearly 40% three-point guy. And he averaged over 18 points a game last season. I thought one thing Gambo said that was very interesting, actually, in that segment was the Suns weren't interested in Bogdanovich until Durant was off the table. So you can read a lot into that now, right? Can you? I mean, if they pulled off a trade for Boyan tomorrow, is that to say, okay, we're out on KD even if something happens in the middle of the season? Would you be in on KD next summer? I don't know that. I mean, there's a certain point where you don't need to be all in on KD anymore. As much as I like him, you you keep taking years off of what he's going to be able to give you, and I think the price needs to go down. So this, to me, Wolf, if they... If they make the trade, certainly, even just the simple fact they're trying to inquire about a guy like Bogdanovich, is the Suns moving on?
0: Yeah, um, metaphorically speaking right now, I think this is another brick in the wall (laughs) about that one. You thought I was going to say Nail in the Coffin, didn't you? No, I forgot about that It's a brick in the wall. Isn't that a Pink Floyd song? Yes, of course it is. What do you mean? You knew that. I did. Thank you very much. Yes, of course. Um, It's another brick in the wall in regard to Kevin Durant's and actually being able to pull off a Kevin Durant trade. That's not going to happen, I don't think. Donovan Mitchell, I think that was the harbinger of blowing up, metaphorically speaking, the Kevin Durant trade scenarios. He was the harbinger. Um, I think that made it even more likely the Suns were going to take this path. Now, all of a sudden, here it is right here. If, in fact, this is the truth, the way that they're going to go, and they're going to pursue a guy like Bogdanovich, um, for me, yeah, KD is not a possibility.
1: Yeah, I I think the the, the two major turning points for me with the Durant stuff were... Indiana offer sheeting DeAndre Ayton Yep. Because then you have to match it, and all of a sudden a resource that you could have maybe traded to Utah and gotten Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn is off the table. Now, you know, then KD goes out and has that conversation with Joe Sy, and it seems like there was two weeks where something could have been done, but you already had just signed Ayton, and now all of a sudden everything, KD apparently is the worst in the world at giving an ultimatum because he held to it for almost 14 days, but uh, but I think this is the other one of Mitchell. You needed a guy like Mitchell to be available so that you could work him into a three team trade. And that's not to say some guy won't become available, you know, next summer or whatever. But I think at this point, you are running it back with the team you had. And with that mindset, you obviously need to try to improve because you are in win now mode. Now, Wolf, we talked a lot about the D backs game on Tuesday for what was going on in the game, but it was also Mikael Bridge's appreciation night because he is a Phillies fan. He's been getting into it with the D backs a little bit, uh, good naturedly on Twitter. Uh, so Bridges did talk after the Diamondbacks game on Tuesday, and most of it was about baseball, but there was this about his offseason. Stuff like that you can't control and just kind of just work out and keep doing what you got to do. And, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. Um, yeah, just happy everybody's here, everybody's back, and I um, can't wait to get back to work. Was Mikel's been in the league four years? Yeah. That's a pretty mature answer for somebody that's still relatively new to to the NBA.
0: Yeah, you know, it's amazing because I think of Mikel Bridges, and I don't know about you, brothers, but I I see a squared away dude. This really is not surprising to me. I, I see a guy who loves what it is that he's doing, who sees joy in what it is that he's doing, but a guy that is really squared away... From a maturity perspective, now I could be absolutely dead wrong on that, but a guy that is turning into a pro's pro—that's uh, what I think of when I think of Mikael Bridges. So, once again, um, Monty knows best. Monty knows best. Remember when he was talking about? I haven't talked to these guys about Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Remember when he was? And I was like blown away by that. I was like Monty, come on, Monty, come on now. Being the father figure that you are, you're telling me, that your players, you haven't talked to your players about this and the speculation that may be out there. He didn't think he had to base an Onions. And I listen to Mikel Bridges, the cut you just played right there, and it makes me think he knows him. He knows who this guy is. Yeah. He knows that he doesn't have to talk to Mikel Bridges about this. Interesting.
1: I just—it's very impressive from Mikhail, not just that twelve-second quote, but just how he's handled this the entire offseason. He's very active on Twitter, so he could certainly have been like, you know what? I, I thought I gave everything I had to this team, and they're shopping me around. I want to play somewhere else. I want to go back to Philly. I want to go play on the, you, know, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. And he hasn't done any of that. He has been extremely mature been pro. about it all, and and I don't. I don't want this to sound like I'm piling on Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder's been kind of throwing stuff out there like, OK, I kind of want a new start. You know, I'm paraphrasing because he hasn't really said anything straightforward. And I'm not even saying he's wrong, but we were looking at it during one of the breaks, Wolf, like he's bounced around a lot in his career. He has seen a lot. He's a big part of the Suns, and I don't want them to lose Jay Crowder. But I think it does amplify just how well Mikkel Bridges is handling it because Mikkel is one of the, he's one of the triplets, right? Cam Johnson, they're out there selling lemonade with uh, with DeAndre Ayton as well, and the triplets that are like, hey, this is going to be our team, you know. And, and all of a sudden, your name you're getting shopped after a 64 win season. It's it is impressive how he is handling it. I'm assuming Cam Johnson handled it pretty close to the same way.
0: Yeah what's amazing about it is, I think one, two, three, four, four, yeah, he's mine up. five teams in four years. Crowder? Jay Crowder. Five teams in, in four years right now. Um, he's been to the finals, what twice?: Actually, in those four five years? and five. Okay. Okay, five and five right now. So you know, I mean, yeah, it's Jay Crowder has bounced around a lot. What does that tell you? Like, what do you think of when you hear that? I, I want to know.
1: I want to know what's up with him. Like, does he really want to go play with Miami? I, does he not want to be in Phoenix? Is he upset about something that's that could easily be fixed? I, I mean, what when I that? say
0: when I think of Jay Crowder, I think of a pros pro. Yeah, I think of a guy that's hardcore, intense, and a pros pro. Maybe he's too intense. Is that a possibility when you look at the fact five
1: teams in five years? Especially because his contract's up after this upcoming season. So it's not like there was a bunch of little contracts in there like he's been moved around. Let me consider that.
0: Somebody who's too intense. Is that a possibility? (laughs) Is that a possibility, Jay? You know what, Jay? I'm with you, man. Bring the intensity. (laughs) Just go ahead and bring it.
1: I think they need Jay Crowder, but I it's not inconceivable that if if he really wants out, we don't know that for sure, but I mean he's certainly hinting at it. He hinted at it again this week. Um, if he really wants out, they can survive if they I mean they could feasibly even improve that position. I don't know. I mean the speculation's been out there is he a little frustrated because he knows they're going to play Cam Johnson more, maybe Cam Johnson is going to start, Jay Crowder isn't? Is that is that a possibility? Jay Crowder played, on average, about a minute and a half more than Cam Johnson last year. So in terms of just minutes, you know, big deal, minute and a you half. You can see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, But you it, know? it's not like we're talking about a 15-minute swing in a game. We're talking about a minute and a half.
0: Right. It's interesting because I think Cam Johnson would be better in regard to putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rack than Jay Crowder is. Jay is more of a post-up shooter, um, a guy that is a 3-and-D guy. Um, I think, hey, listen, uh, the improvement that Cam Johnson has truly made on the defensive end of the floor as well, that makes me think you're probably onto
1: something. And maybe that's what Jay Crowder knows. Crowder last year averaged 28.1 minutes a game. Cam Johnson averaged 26.2, so not even two minutes a game. And uh, and I don't know if that's it, but if, that, if that's part of it, it's not. You're not talking about getting moved to the 11th spot on the bench. You know what I mean? You're talking about, okay, you might go from being in the starting lineup to being the sixth man. I don't know. It's just it's speculation because that's all we have right now. All right, we come back. Finally got some answers on Antonio Hamilton, and a very big part of the Arizona Cardinals defense just got paid this afternoon. We'll explain. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM, Arizona. Arizona Sports Station.